Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great week. We wanted to start this week's episode by bringing your attention to a special cause that a close group of our friends is running. Our friend Amanda Trail lost her battle with cancer on July 20th, 2020, a little over a year ago. Something that she was a strong advocate for was donating blood. So we'll continue to honor Amanda's memory by hosting a blood drive with the American Red Cross on Tuesday, August 10th from 1 to 6 p.m. at the Holiday Inn and Suites in South Charleston. If you're not in Charleston, no worries. You can find the closest blood drive near you using the links that we'll be sharing on our social media accounts. If you can't donate blood, maybe consider volunteering your time, making a financial contribution to the Red Cross, or sharing information about local blood drives via social media. There are many ways to be a part of this effort. And don't forget, you can show your support by sharing pictures and updates using the hashtag Trail Through Cancer. Trail Through Cancer spelled T-R-A-I-L-T-H-R-U-C-A-N-C-E-R. Thank you. Here on the Mountaineer Media Podcast, we've interviewed dozens of born and raised West Virginians, but we've also heard from folks that visited and simply never left because they felt like they found a home in almost heaven. Yeah, this week's guest, although is technically an adopted Mountaineer, he's been here long enough you wouldn't call him anything but family. It's Bill Carter we're talking to today. He's the CEO of Mountaineer Employment Solutions, a talent acquisition company. He's helped put hundreds of people into work, and he hopes to make a bunch of people lifelong Mountaineers, kind of like himself. Yeah, we get into a great conversation with Bill around how his firm seamlessly blends cutting-edge technology with down-to-earth people skills that match employers with talented job seekers that are looking to make West Virginia their forever home. Yeah, and make sure to stick around towards the end of the discussion because we get into some more debatable topics. Minimum wage, whether or not a resume is still important when you are applying for jobs. Plus, we also get into Bill's prior career when he was in IT and a teacher and kind of a funny story about how he got broadband connectivity into a lot of the schools throughout West Virginia. So if you're listening to this and you're a millennial, it was probably Bill Carter who set up the computer at the school you went to. So we get into some funny little details about his whole career like that. But overall, a very fun episode with Bill. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Bill Carter from Mountaineer Employment Solutions, a great company with whom we've partnered with just a few short weeks ago. And as always, this podcast is presented by Mr. B Chips. Mace, hit the music. The uh, sun does not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do. everybody welcome to another episode of the mountaineer media podcast and like i always say it's a special episode because we have one of our new sponsors partners with mountaineer employment solution and that is bill carter so bill good morning how are you good morning i'm doing great thank you good good well thank you and good morning cj i always like to say good morning to you as well my co-host here on the mountaineer <laughs> media podcast we're we're hanging around here oh yeah we're still well, here 
Love it. Um, well, Bill, let's start with, um, you know, a lot of people have met you, I think, through, uh, you know, our social media announcement. Um, and we'll get to our collaboration and our partnership um, talk and, you know, why we both, I think, mutually felt like it was a good fit. Um, but won't you just start with, are, are you a born and raised West Virginian? And if so, and if not, where where did kind of, where'd you grow up and where's, uh, where's Bill Carter from? So Bill Carter is from South Carolina. Okay. So born and raised in South Carolina, went to school in South Carolina, started my professional career and um, happened to travel to West Virginia to visit my parents who had just moved to West Virginia um, about a year after I began my career as a public school teacher, high school science teacher, as a matter okay. of fact. Um, I stopped by to uh, visit my visit my dad. He was uh, teaching at a, um, an in-service class at Woodrow Wilson High School in Beckley. Okay. So I stopped by and said hi. And um, on my way into Charleston, where, you know, my parents lived. And um, during that time, um, at, at the brief visit that I had at the, at the high school where my dad was teaching a, a class for teachers, essentially, mm-hmm. um, I, I met a, an individual. Um, he was the principal at George Washington High School. His name is Larry Lowen. Okay. And um, he essentially changed the direction of my life, my career, and, and, and brought me to West Virginia. He offered me a job teaching computer science at George Washington High School. Okay, wow. And I, and I thought, you know, here I am, you know, I've just started my career in South Carolina, you know, teaching um, what I love to do. And you know, moving to West Virginia, it, I never even considered that. Right. So um, at the end of the weekend, um, thought about it on my drive back to South Carolina. And two weeks later, I was living in, in Dunbar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. That, that's awesome. I, I didn't know that you, uh, I didn't know that was like your relationship with the state. That's awesome. My dad went to Woodrow, from, so very familiar with like the Beckley area. And of course, CJ yeah. and I went to Capitol High School. So our crosstown rival was George Washington. So we won't, we won't okay. hold that against you. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just coincidence there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now so, what... Now, then, so you accept that position, you didn't think, you know, you didn't think you ended up in West Virginia growing up, maybe you heard of it, maybe not when you immediately, you know, you start teaching, what were some of the first kind of observations, because it seems like you made that decision within two weeks, you reflected on it on your drive home, you were dreaming of the of the misty mountains of West Virginia. Um, Once you got boots on the ground, and you were here living for the first couple of years, what was it that stuck out to you that felt different? And why, you know, we can flash forward all the way to now you're maybe one of the most, uh, you're, you're, you're leading a company that that's employing West Virginians and, and doing such cool things for the state. Um, but what was it that maybe stood out to you during those early years? So what, what stood out to me and the generosity, the hospitality, and you always hear about Southern hospitality and, and I'll officially extend that into West Virginia, um, you know, from a South Carolinian, um, mm-hmm. extend that hospitality because that that's exactly what I felt. Uh, I felt that, the generosity of West Virginians welcoming um, somebody from out of state, you know, nobody knew me from anybody else and um, to offer me an opportunity to, you know, essentially change my life, change the direction of my career and to, uh, to, to bring me into West Virginia. So it, 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 it changed the course of, of really what, you know, like I said, my, 
my career and, and everything that I've, you know, worked for, you know, in the 24 years of my life um, at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what's funny about what you do now is that you have the IT background and the teaching background, mm -hmm. and then you don't necessarily think that, think that would translate <laughs> into right. helping people find jobs. Right. But here you are, yeah. what's, where was the bridge between so, that previous life to now? So, so it, it is kind of funny. The bridge, the bridge is actually, uh, it's, it's a little, um, it, it takes many different roads. Um, yeah. It's not just one bridge. It's a, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've got a bachelor's, um, from Clemson university. I have a master's from Marshall mm -hmm. and, um, have an MBA from the university of Charleston. So I've got varying, um, degrees in different really kind of fields, if you want to call it that. So very diverse. So my, my love had, had always been, well, you know, I, my career was teaching, but I had always loved technology. I've, mm -hmm. You know, working with computers since I've been eight years old, and and um, you know, any kind of adaptation to technology or how to you know use technology to make things more efficient to you know benefit others. Um, I, I'm, I'm all about that. I brought technology into the classroom um, as a first year teacher. And that was something kind of unheard of because basically I went to the library at the school, took the computers and brought them into my science classroom. So, you know, I introduced the, the students on, you know, technology and, and uh, some of the applications that we had that, you know, were part of the library packages and the edu mm -hmm. science education packages. So principal was a little concerned about that because, you know, here, here I just, you know, robbed the computers. Just took all these computers. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. took all the computers that, um, so when, when I came to West Virginia, I was given a, a, a very unique opportunity, and that was to, to teach computer science. That's, you know, as a teacher, that's a very traditional approach. But what I did with that was I, I also was looking for ways to develop that into, um, you know, how I could, you know, assist you know, the community and things like that. And I got and got involved with a community development program. And I think that was based out, if I remember correctly, based out of Capitol High School. Okay. Um, and I was given the opportunity, um, hey, if you want to develop a curriculum and uh, teach, you know, some, you know, night classes on technology, feel free. And I did. So I was teaching four nights a week. Um, wow. uh, people were signing up left and right to learn about Microsoft Word, to learn about integrating, um, you know, technology into, uh, you know, your curriculum and things like that, that I, I would develop, um, how to make web pages. I mean, how to repair computers. And it was yeah. things that I was developing to help, um, you, you know, students. I was also an adjunct professor for Marshall. Um, so that was one thing I extended into the kind of the, from the teaching realm. Um, from that point, um, the, school system, Kanawha County school system, um, thought that I might be a, a better asset um, at the board office. Mm. So I became, a, I became the network administrator for Kanawha County schools. So I, you know, gave up my, my one high school that I, I worked with to take on 87 other additional schools <laughs> in the county. So it, it, was, it was quite a feat. Um, I totally enjoyed it. And uh, I, I ran with it and, and, and developed um, 
uh, programs like uh, Net Days, uh, where we would um, have companies donate cabling and, and, and things like that to help um, wire the schools for technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So part of that with Canal County, this is the very building blocks of the technology back in 1995. Uh, 1996, when uh, technology was just coming into the schools, internet was coming into the schools, and uh, building uh, computer labs at Nitro High School, Capitol High School, George Washington, and so forth. Um, those are things I love doing, and not not thinking that I was ever going to do, you know, anything different than that. Um, I a few years after that, um, I began where I was offered an opportunity with a a national computer company. And I took that opportunity and it was doing relatively the same thing throughout South, throughout, throughout West Virginia. Um, What, what I was doing at that point was not just in Kanawha County. It was with all counties in West Virginia. I was traveling from Wyoming County to Berkeley County to Mon County um, setting up computer labs and servers and, you know, doing the, you know, the kind of techie things that, you know, I enjoy doing. And again, never thinking about what my, my future had in store because I enjoyed what I did. I mean, that's, I honest, honestly enjoyed what I did. Um, from that point, um, I, I did go to, I did move to a, um, a larger global company called Electronic Data Systems. And that provided kind of an avenue for myself and my family um, or the start of my family to, uh, to, to, to be created. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, my wife, my new wife at the time, and I moved to Washington, D.C. I was offered a great position there. Um, we moved in and it was probably about four weeks later, we learned that we were um, expecting our first child. Oh, very nice. And our thought, or we looked at each other and said, what are we doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we moved back to West Virginia and back to our home, back to where our families are. And, um, I I didn't have a job at the time. And it was, it was something that it, it was, it, it was awakening for me because it was a chance for me to, to really say, you know, what do I want to do? Because, you know, I I was in a a technology based business, a hardware break fix um, type business. Um, What did I want to do from that? So um, we were um, kicking tires at a, at a local car dealership and was offered a, I just, it it, was coincidences. I I do believe in those um, was offered a position as a uh, director of technology for Smith company motor cars. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So Jed Smith, um, probably one of the, the greatest business mentors I've worked with, um, offered that position, which in turn changed my direction of my immediate career from hardware break fix to I'm interested in business. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to see where this is going to take me. I, I see a guy who's Jed Smith, who has been very successful in um, hardware himself. He started out at Xerox many, many years ago as a salesperson and then has a car dealership, a very successful car dealership. Um, from that point, um, I started an MBA program at the University of Charleston. A year later, um, 
I used a small local computer company as a as my capstone project and was offered a position with that company to help grow that company. And that 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 to me was was cool. Um, but that was my first idea of wait a minute, you can do this for yourself. You know, it's right. So um started my company, my first company, Acorn Technologies, about 11 years ago. And um, Acorn Technologies is a, is a boutique um, IT support company. I have a small group of clients that I work with. Um, I consider my clients my friends. I mean, they're, we, um, you know, we talk kind of on a daily basis. I mean, we, there's, there's, you know, ideas and things that I, I can do to help grow their business, hardware, implementation, um, adaptation to different uh, hardware and software uh, devices that, you know, could, could be more efficient for their business and, you know, to, to really be a valuable part of, of what, what they do on a daily basis. So, I, you know, again, that's, you know, what I love. It, it all comes back to, if you, if you take a look at it now, it's, it's more, uh, I don't know, generically cus- customer service. And uh, I love helping people. Well, Mountaineer Employment Solutions came about about three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, um, with the idea of creating an out-of-the-box, non-traditional staffing company. I, where I was already staffing with you know, technology folks um, for some of my clients, I thought, wow, this could be really cool, you know, being you know, diverse and going into different industry areas and, uh, you know, healthcare, light industrial, you know, landscaping, janitorial, those, those types of uh, fields or industry areas um, to be able to, you know, again, make a difference, make a difference in people's right. lives. But I didn't want to be just any staffing company. I wanted it to be different. I, I, I didn't have the background of what a traditional staffing company was. So I, I think that's really one of our greatest strengths that we have is that we're not traditional. We didn't come from a traditional approach. Um, we, we think outside the box. Um, if there's something that doesn't work that needs to be changed, and there's been many things that have been changed, make, been made more efficient, um, those types of things has, have really helped us grow. And grow meaning not just in the Charleston area, but also in the Morgantown area and throughout the state. What is up, my Mountaineer Media Podcast fans? This is Cooper Zimmerman here with the Mountaineer Roasting Company Coffee Break. And I just want to mention, as always, that if you like coffee, you need to stop going to the grocery store and buying the big company, Big Coffee, right? We don't want to support Big Coffee. We want to shop local. And we're going to do that at MountaineerRoasting.com. Or if you're in Morgantown, pop in and see them. But if you're listening to this, pull out your iPhone and go to MountaineerRoasting.com and use code MEDIA15. And if you do that, you will save 15% on your online order and you'll have delicious West Virginia roasted coffee delivered right to your house. Rusty and the entire crew up there at Mountaineer Roasting support us here at the podcast. So we want to extend that value to you all. So use code MEDIA15, place an order of Mountaineer Roasting Company coffee at MountaineerRoasting.com.
Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, a lot of great things there. We appreciate giving us that, that full background. Um, let me ask you this with technology, because to me, um, a technologist or someone that embraces technology is all, often always like a, a change agent. They're comfortable with change, they understand the like that you know, through technology, there's going to be disruption and they're comfortable with that because it hopefully leads to efficiencies and progress and whatnot. That sometimes go, that goes against tradition and the way it's always been done in like a culture, like sometimes that exists in West Virginia where there's a resistance to change and there's resistance to like, to new, trying new things because maybe we're fearful of it or maybe we're, it's just new to us. So it's not the way our, you know, prior family did it. So it's, it's hard for, I think sometimes for us to embrace. Um, as someone who embraces technology, embraces like disruption, do you often find yourself, um, you know, like, I guess, communicating that to like people and to clients and working with things that like we can use technology to better ourselves and to better our productivity and culture and quality of life? Like, do you feel like you defend change like generically more so just because like you have like a deep maybe passion or understanding of technology, if that makes sense? Yeah, actually, um, it, it, it does. And to, to answer that question kind of in a multifaceted direction, I, I will say that my, my wife is probably my first proponent to say that <laughs> I don't like change. But, <laughs> but, but what, what, I, what I do is, um, well, with, with business, um, be, because change is hard for people. It is, right. I mean, it's hard for me, but I, you know, it's, it's like when you, you know, you know, go see a, a, this is probably a bad example, but, you know, watch a scary movie or something like that. You've, you've got to, you know, you, you're there, you've chosen it, right. you know, you might as well watch it. <laughs> so, right. embrace but, it. But, yeah, embrace it. So uh, with, with change, um, what I've done with that, because I know every, every single day, there's going to be some change or some impact that we have on someone's life. Right. that that will change them and our goal is for it to be for the positive right. um, so what we've done with our clients is that we've again and you know with our love of technology and um you know with the fact that you know we want to make a difference in somebody's lives we've adapted technology rapidly into our business place um give me an example um we have a client they're a hospitality client um we have multiple banquet servers uh, that we work with with this client. Um, so our original challenge was that these banquet servers, we, we had a, a very high turnover rate um, for, for employees. And turnover meaning not that they were leaving to, to go to another job, but you know, scheduling and things like that, we weren't able to get those placements at the times that the clients needed. So we, we did a couple of different things. Um, brought in some technology as a prior proprietary software application that we use for scheduling. So what we're able to do with this software is that we're able to distribute a schedule, a weekly schedule and say, okay, this client needs um, seven uh, kitchen cooks, uh, two dishwashers and 19 banquet servers. So we'll post that schedule and give the employees our, our you know, our, our people, the ability to self assign their schedule so they can, they can pop in any slots that they want to. And what that did was it, it we went from about a 20% turnover rate to almost 0% turnover rate by doing that. And the clients loved it. Um, and they're like, wow, this is, this is awesome. You know, uh, 
and, and, and that's, that's how, you know, we kind of prove our value with our clients is we do things differently. Um, yeah, you can do that with a paper and pencil, but using technology and being able to distribute a schedule like that. And, and my goal is to provide fast results for the client. We had our schedule completed within 30 minutes of advertising it. So to let the client know that, you know, we're going to have everybody there. They've self-selected yeah. their own schedule. Um, so we're going to have those individuals there um, for the, you know, for the, for the project. Right. And, and not, and not have the turnover um, that they're typically used to with, with other, uh, with other entities. Yeah. Let's get into some of like the details of Mountaineer Employment Solutions. Like when we know that you, you help, put like you said uh seven positions and in, in one here and, and sometimes you fill single spots but like when you get a call for like hey we need uh 30 people 40 people does that kind of like does that you know get you excited or is that like okay hold on let's think about this does is it a little nerve-wracking sometimes like when some of the bigger projects and some of the bigger offers come in like that well you, you know our, our processes are are the same whether it's one person or 30 people or 100 people um, we, we recently had a job order for 60 people and, uh, you know, it's, yeah, that's exciting. I mean, it, business is exciting, but what, what excites me is, is making a difference in 60 people's lives because, uh, I, I believe in people, not employees, because what we're doing every day is we're touching these people's lives. You know, we're making a difference in their family. We're providing for their families, um, you know, and, and I'll look back every second of that. I'll look back to my family and, you know, what I do and why I'm sitting behind a desk and out on, you know, meeting people and, and talking with clients and, and meeting um, new mountaineers. That's what, you know, that's that's what I have to, it, we all keep in mind, our, the whole team here is that we're making a difference in somebody's lives. So that, that's what, that's what gets us excited um, you know, like I said, our processes are the same, the, the way we recruit, um, social media, um, you know, we use job boards and things like that to recruit as well. We have a, a great candidate base and we have, we have, uh, candidates, um, and employees are people that, um, that, that continue to, um, you know, strive for other positions. And that's what we want to do is we want to find the right fit. Um, right. You know, we, we specialize in temporary to permanent positions, and um, the goal of that is to to place these individuals in positions that are going to be long term careers. And that's that's how we align with our clients. Is right. you know, we want to work with a client that that believes in the same thing that we believe in, and we believe in the same thing that they believe in. So you know, make sure that the fit is there on both sides. Long, long-term success. Yeah. So if you're a business owner listening to this, Hey, reach out to, to Bill Carter and their team, cause they can help you, you know, get positions filled. Um, I want to ask you Bill about, because we, you know, we speak about um, the economy and, and the job market often with, with guests on here and also on social media. Um, you know, we'll, we'll go back and forth with people. The current pandemic has been an interesting time for employment because 
you know, in, in real time, we basically played out a whole scenario where the government extended benefits that were probably, we haven't seen benefits quite robust like that in terms of unemployment benefits, given the crazy circumstances. Um, they've been off, they've been on, some states are pulling it back, some states aren't. Um, now there's a dilemma where some small businesses are saying that, you know, that it's hard to find people maybe in um entry-level positions because of these government benefits and that we've created a state where, you know, it, and it's now like you're unincentivized to work and, and all in all, you know, people can bring their own political opinions into it and often it gets like really charged up based on that. Um, but from your standpoint, what are some of the challenges that small businesses have um, you know, when, I mean, in, when they talk about things like minimum wage, when they talk about things like, like earning, like, like, you know, appropriate levels of income, like how, in your opinion, like, or from your feedback from clients, is that process? Like, are, are people still struggling to fill positions? Obviously, if they're working with you, that you're going to get them filled quickly. Um, yeah. But is that dilemma? Is there some truth to behind that dilemma that it it is it's it been an interesting like challenging time to find employment or to get folks maybe to to take a position they otherwise wouldn't have? Uh, yes. Um, so the the challenge there is to to not think in a traditional manner. Mm -hmm. um, meaning that, you know, you had a position that paid, you know, a, a certain wage, you have a pan pandemic, and then you go back and expect that position to pay that same wage for the same worker or even a better quality uh, of worker, of, of life for the worker. Right. Um, it's not the same. And that's what, as, as a business, we've adapted to that. Um, we understand that we've recognized that, and we've again we've changed, you know, the way the way that we think, yeah. uh, because we're not a, we're not a traditional staffing agency. We're not a traditional employment agency, um, and again, our goal is to help place um, people into great jobs, mountaineers into great jobs. So what we have to do is to work with our clients and determine the best wage that we possibly can mm -hmm. that they're probably not used to to find the right to find the right person for the job and that it, it again they're going back to change change is difficult and i totally get it yeah. but if if we have to compromise some on our side um, as far as what our processes and procedures are and when I mean compromise, I mean to tweak or to change um, maybe some of the ways that we recruit. Um, we can do that. We can do that on the fly. Um, we're, we're a business that, that moves um, with the anticipation of finding great, great people. Yeah. So, so to, to answer your question, yes, it has been a challenge, um, but, but we can't think about what we had in the past last year. Um, right. Because that $10 an hour position may now be a $12 an hour position. We recognize that. And that's where we have to, we have to not only educate our, you know, the, the candidates that come into our office, but we, we also have to educate our, our clients and we have to work with them in different ways to, to, you know, have that understanding and, and, right. um, you know, find out really what their best fit is. So are you saying it's almost more competitive now than it used to be before? Competitive meaning for candidates? Well, can candidates and then just like you'd said, one job actually might be paying more now because they are in such need to get people in there. Does it bring a little more competition to fill certain spots or 
also on the other side of that, is it still harder to just get people to sign up for anything at all? I guess is, well, is what I'm saying. So we, we, we've not had an issue getting people to sign up mm-hmm. for, for positions to, uh, to come into our office and, you know, sign up, you know, as, as a candidate. Um, we've not had issues with that, but we're, um, where we see our challenges are that, you know, that, that position that they were used to, uh, for example, for $10 an hour, that position may be, you know, they, they may be in a better skill set. They may be, you know, realigned with their career. Um, so the pandemic has given kind of a shift in, you know, you know in, in my opinion, a shift in pay to, um, you know, pay in quality and skills for, for that individual to, um, you know, either better themselves or, you know, look at a different career path. Even, even just kind of, I mean, I mean, I personally changed careers during the pandemic. I think a lot of people, it, it, um, it forced them to kind of reflect and think about like what it is they even want to be doing. Like, am I in the right, right path? Like, is there a better opportunity out there? Is something more flexible, you know, given everyone kind of had a hard reset, they looked at their life. They, you know, if you were fortunate enough to not be directly impacted by COVID you could kind of observe it from high up, you're like, huh, like maybe I should start doing something different. Um, given maybe a re a, a, like a new sense of like focus, I guess. So I think in, from, from all my research and I, I'm just kind of fascinated in reading about big like societal shifts is that we're still gonna see like we're just starting the largest like career migration change um maybe in history with people kind of just over the next one to two three years as we come come out of this pandemic um i think a lot of people are just um like i said they reflected they have a different opinion of what they want out of life and out of work and out of expectation so um it's a good good time to be in the the career staffing uh business i guess if if that is ahead of us um but i want to bring attention to this quote i'm looking here on your website um and if you go to beamountaineer.com folks can check this website out and connect with bill and his team but it says coming together is a beginning keeping together is progress working together is success and that was a quote by henry ford um it to me it reminds me of working together because in, in west virginia culture you know, every problem, it feels like it's like a let's all like what's all pitch in and get this done type of mentality for better or for worse. Right. Whether we shoulder the, everyone's problems and not it's hard for one individual or group or politician or industry to fix everyone's problems at all times. But there does seem to be a sense of togetherness when we talk about West Virginia, because we we think about it as a state and we know that our state could be in a much better place economically. Um, you you hear politicians, you know, I kind of repeat that that the narrative of like a better future, of course, any politician is going to sell a better future to us. That um, is, is what it is. But in your opinion, you know, what, what are some of the things that you think can bring the state together? And I, I'll preface that with that's a difficult question. Um, if you had the exact answers, you'd be um, maybe you'd be a wealthy man or, or running the running the state. But but what are some of the things that you you look out in West Virginia? What do you what are you optimistic about? Is there an industry? Is there a changing societal function or, or opportunity for West Virginia? Um, you know, we've spoken at length about micro entrepreneurship, small pocket towns getting you developing that tourism economy um you know it already it's not like we don't have that but i think maybe leaning into and embracing it more get people excited but you what what, in your opinion bill what what are some of the things that you're kind of most optimistic about in the sense that we can work on together as a state as a fellow west virginian 
Well, so, uh, you know, obviously West Virginia has many challenges, but um, I, I will go back to the reason why I'm in West Virginia. Um, you know, that, that was not a challenge that I, I ever anticipated. Um, you know, given, given a flat climate, um, if there's one thing that West Virginians can take out of, uh, you know, what they, what they do on a daily basis, continue what you're doing, continue being generous, continue, continue showing the hospitality, because that's how we're going to continue to, to grow the state. Um, as a small business owner, as a responsible business owner, I want to continue doing my part. Um, our team wants to continue doing their part in helping spread that generosity, helping others. Um, that's what's going to continue to grow West Virginia. Um, that's how we're going to attract people is to, uh, you know, to find and create, and it might not just be other businesses. It may be businesses that help create um, new opportunities for people, um, you know, manufacturing, uh, construction, technology, whatever it may be. So those are opportunities that the state, they have already. There's, there's great people in West Virginia right now. We all just need to put our heads together continue to be generous, continue to be hospitable to, to other neighboring states and, uh, and to others to, to, to really keep the talent that we have here and to provide the best opportunities we can for, for that talent. And I think there's good initiatives already in the state going on with that. Do you ever have any run-ins with former students? Have you hooked up any of your former students from George Washington with, with gigs? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I won't name any names, but yes. <laughs> That's going to be a good funny. Film. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Hey, I got a quick question for you. What are you going to cook for dinner tonight? Have you thought about how you're going to season that meal? What if you could have a true all-purpose seasoning packed full of mouth-watering herbs and spices? 21 to be exact. Cooper, you know, what is that seasoning? Well, it's raised rub. Raised rub can be applied to beef, chicken, wild game, casseroles, stews, vegetables, the list goes on and on. And if you go to raiserub.com, you can buy it right there. Or you know who Jeffrey Bezos is, the gentleman who is running the world, currently leaving the world by going to space? Well, he's got a little website that he built called amazon.com. And if you go over to amazon.com and type in raiserub, R-A-Y apostrophe S-R-U-B, raiserub, you'll find it and order it, boom. Next day, it's on your doorstep with Amazon Prime. It's great stuff. It's a $12 bottle that'll last you months and months and months. And you'll be the guy or girl that shops local and just simply crushes it. You'll look sophisticated and classy at your next tailgate or barbecue and or maybe just a you know random Tuesday night cooking for your spouse. So support them. Brody is an awesome guy. He is exactly the kind of people that we want to associate ourselves here at Mountaineer Media. So support them and we just appreciate it. Now let's get right back to the episode with Bill Carter from Mountaineer Employment Solutions. What else? Um, what I mean, so I mean, obviously, like we've been talking like Mountaineer Employment Solutions, you guys, you feel like you're you're helping West Virginia get back to work. It's something that we do need. And, and you're right. I mean, it does keeping key talent here. Um, in the state or attracting new talent to, to come to the state is going to be critical um, because unfortunately you know, we lost population over the last decade. Um, you know, I, 
I'm at a point where I think the state, I'm all for trying new innovative things, right? I mean, and you, I mean, I guess I can't, I can't let social media be the barometer of what uh, is good or not good for the state, because it seems like people are always, you know, there's just a general sense of anytime someone tries something new, it's like, oh, well, the, like we had the West Virginia SIN program on. Some people are critical of that. And sure, we can debate the pros and cons of an issue. But to me, it's like people and organizations that are willing to try something different and new, like, what do we got to lose? You know what I'm saying? Like, we, what do we have yeah. to lose? Like, we're, we do, we need, we need people like that that are willing to just kind of go out on a limb and say, hey, look, I'm going to try this new thing or a new industry or, get a group back together. It's kind of what inspired us to found Mountaineer Media um, is that we kind of want, hey, look, if no one's going to talk about this, we felt like in the way that we could authentically, then why don't we be the people that do it? Um, so I, I don't know. To me, to me, that's a, a good point that you pointed out um, is it, keeping talent, but it, facilitating the talent that we already have. Like there's already good things going on. There's already good projects, good people, good initiatives going on. Um, I think just supporting that and stop kind of just like, honestly, I think people default to just kind of, unfortunately, complaining about things more often than not, than maybe looking around and saying, oh, wait a second, like we do have some good things here. Like, you know, there is momentum in this state right. if we if we keep pushing ahead. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point. Um, and, and I applaud what what Brad Smith is doing um, and, and, and John Chambers as well, because you're talking about two people who were or born in West Virginia right. that that left West Virginia, but they always have West Virginia in their heart. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Brad's done a, some great things with the Ascend program. I, I'm I'm a believer in that program mm -hmm. because the goal is is to bring people back. Now, what I would challenge Brad, I would love to have a conversation with him at some point because what I think is. We have our, I have some ideas that could possibly help not only bring those people back, but provide other opportunities for those individuals um, in, in talking about, you know, careers and, and career-based development and, and so forth. Um, you know, the, things like that, because, you know, you can bring people back, but, you know, we, we have tourism, we have, you know, some great opportunities in West Virginia, but we want those people to, to not, not only look at the next three to five years over their life, but to look at the next 50 years of their life. Mm -hmm. you know, what can they do to, to really build that career, uh, build that family base, that family based business and to develop that. So, um, yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. I yeah. And it, agree. and it only makes sense, right? A, a lot of what Brad wants to do is bring these people in from remote working, but if you can give them an opportunity that might be even better within the state, then yeah. that's a, that's, exactly. that's a true win-win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, because, you know, with, with businesses downsizing, um, it, and I'm not talking about just in West Virginia, I'm talking about all over the nation um, with businesses downsizing, you know, remote workers may be the first to go. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying that, you know, they're, you know, our potentials, no, nothing's for certain, but, you know, with that, then, you know, what do we have? Um, so we have to continue. We can't continue to sit on opportunities that, that may exist and not move on those opportunities. So we need to continue that, that movement forward and it has to be with jobs. Yeah. 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 You were helping put the puzzle together. Yes. I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah. Question for you, Bill. Um, are resumes still important? 
I know it's kind of a funny question, but are, are resumes still important or, you know, I, I'm, right, l- let me just stop. I'll, I'll let you answer that and then I'll share my opinion. Are resumes still important? Um, to answer the question, yes. There, it, it, again, there's, there's uh, multiple things that go into that answer, but, but yes, it, it, what, it gives us an indication um, and, and I'll, I'll just kind of break off really quick. What, sure. we've been able to, what we've been able to do is to take a process that a traditional employment agency or staffing agency may take, you know, roughly an hour to an hour and a half. We have that process down to about a 15 minute science. Um, what we do is we invite a candidate to come in to our office. We have a process that we go through the resume is part of that process. Mm-hmm. We have some other things that are required, you know, documentation and things like that. But we also, in our office, we, we, we do have that traditional approach, I, meaning me, that's probably my age, I'm not really sure, but <laughs> that traditional approach where we like to meet everyone. Right. Um, we, we like to meet face-to-face. Um, if I'm in the office and I see a candidate come in, I'll, I'll go out of my way to shake their hand or say hello or mm-hmm. thank him for coming into the office. It's, imp- it's important. Um, and, you know, they may not necessarily know who I am. It doesn't matter. But uh, just welcoming them, welcome, welcoming them into our office. Well, this um, is Bill Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't wear. Didn't know you know now. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but but what what we do is we we have a process that that we we use to 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 vet our candidates, um, and you know this is not a test. You know we're not trying to be critical or anything like that. What what we do with the resume is that we we want to find out what their previous experience is, what mm-hmm. their previous skills are. And what they're looking to do with the rest of their life, because again, we're in a, a career-based job placement position. Um, so, if if they've come in for for you know one p- potential opening that we have, we have multiple openings. They may be a better fit in another opening, and that's why the resume is important to us. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I just tend to I tend to beat up on resumes because I think if individuals focus more on like like their showcasing and understanding and communicating their passions, maybe via LinkedIn, maybe via like a portfolio, maybe some sort of like digital uh, portfolio of the work that you've done, that is a little bit more dynamic and can be explained to someone. And I would also say for employers, and it seems like you guys do, it, it is not just like, like, what are your skills? Okay, great. We're hiring for these skills. It's you ask the candidates, like, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you, what, what, what's like the long-term vision that, you know, right. Bill wants to do? Like tell, you're sitting across from somebody and you say, hey, like, what are the things that you want to do? I think if more employers kind of took that approach, you would have people in better fits. Like if, cause then the person might open up and say, Hey, like, I just, you know, I really like using my creative writing skills. Oh, great. Well then I actually think you could be even within the position, let's give you this project because you're going to be able to, you know, use those skills that you may have. Maybe right. that's not listed on your resume, but maybe you don't even bring that up unless you're asked like in the process, like, what are you passionate about? Sarah, Julia, Bill, like, you know, you, you talk to that person individually and you get that response for them. That's something that you can't necessarily capture on, you know, I'm good at Excel, but, but if you, if you have an employer or an agency, like you all ask you that question, those open-ended question kind of allows you all insight into who the psyche of that person and allows you to get a nice custom fit for their job which would tend to lead to 
right. longer term success for the business and for the individual. Um, so I don't know. So I always, I beat up on resumes. I mean, it's definitely um, a core function of employment and I, I get that. Um, but I, I'm glad to hear you all have a process that kind of, it, it digs deeper than that. Um, and it, it really ideally matches, you know, the employer with, with the best possible candidate. Exactly. We are trying to make that, that great fit. Um, you know, we have clients that, you know, that expect the best and we want to provide the best opportunity for both the client and the, and the uh, candidate that come, comes into our office. Um, and, you know, again, finding out what, what that fit may be based on skills, based on their, their passions. Um, if anybody were to ask me, you know, 25 years ago, would I want to be a business owner in West Virginia? I would have no idea what they're talking about. So, I mean, I, I, that was not even on the radar. Right. So, um, you know that, but that's something that you, you know you you can talk to somebody and find out you know what their passions are. You know, I was I was a, I was a high school science teacher. My mm -hmm. passion was technology. Who in the world would have thought I would have brought technology into the classroom? That, right. Except for that high school principal that <laughs> that came down and stealing the laptop from found all, yeah. found all of his computers in my classroom. So, <laughs> yeah, that's um, you, you know it's, it's it's things like that that we have to you know again think outside the box. Um, we have to you know develop other ways of of you know communication and identification of of that skill set. Yeah. Yeah. I do think resume resumes just get, get you in the door. I think at the end of the day, everybody wants yes. that interview. Right. And, and passions That's change exactly over time. Definitely. But the, yeah. the key is always get in, get, get the, the one-on-one -on -one interaction, show them your personality and show them why you're the best for the position. Exactly. That first impression at the end of the day. So. Right. If yeah. people are building need, where, like, what is the, because you guys have offices, CJ's visit he did down there in um, Charleston, in South Charleston, and you're, we appreciate, um, we can speak a little bit of our partnership. Um, you know, we recently partnered because we, we, you know, we had a conversation with Julia, so shout out to Julia. Um, and, you know, we felt like we were in lockstep with kind of the vision of West Virginia that you all had. Um, and, you know, we since partnered and helping share your all's values at scale with all of our audience. A lot of people reach out to us and they, they enjoy the partnership. You all put us on a billboard, which to us is mind blowing <laughs> for our one year. And, you know, what CJ, we're a year old, a year and a month old business. Um, and CJ came down there and visited you in South Charleston. And then you, I think you're sitting in the Morgantown office right now. That's um, so if people are listening, is it, do they, what is like the easiest glide path? Is it to reach out to you all? Is it to pop in the office? And then it's also important to stress that your positions are all over West Virginia, just because right. your office is in Morgantown and Charleston, that doesn't mean that the positions are, you know, in maybe a county on the East or the West part of the state. Um, but what is, what is like the, if someone's listening thinking, you know what, hmm, I need a, I need a job. I need a new job. What, what's the best thing for them to do? The best thing for them to do is to visit our website, be a, BeAMountaineer.com. Um, it, it you know it's, it's it signifies quite a bit. You know, obviously West Virginia Mountaineers, mm -hmm. but you know, who doesn't want to be a mountaineer? So mm -hmm. you know, it, it it the website has a lot of our information. Um, it tells a little bit about our, our company, our company culture. Um, it shows all of our active job openings. Um, there are some other job openings that we have that we can discuss. Um, you know, via Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams. So we, we use a number of different technologies. Um, in both of our offices, we're connected via video telephone. 
Um, but that also gives us the ability to have conversations, um, vir you know, com virtual conversations with uh, candidates um, over video from our desk, um, either at our office or on the road. So, uh, you know, again, that's another way that we've adapted technology into how we, you know, recruit and, um, and, and meet new candidates every day. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, give us a call um, it, at either our Charles, Charleston office or the, or Morgantown office. Um, and, you know, obviously uh, be a mountaineer.com. Bill is definitely the IT guy. I walked in, shook his hand. He sat me down. He said, hold on, let me do this real quick. He hit one or two buttons on uh, the, 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 uh, the, the phone conference system and, and one of your assistants, Julia, who's running the, the Morgantown office, helping run the Morgantown office. She pops up on the other side. So you've got everything connected, interconnected between the two are offices. You, are you a Star Wars fan, Bill? Or is, do you have like, I feel like you're like a big Star Wars guy or something. Where did you get this inspiration from? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, Star it's Trek. All, it, honestly, it's, it's always been a love of technology. Um, so you know, gr growing up in technology um, back in the you know, early 80s, uh, mid, mid 80s, um, you, 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 you heard about Silicon Valley, the infancy of S Silicon Valley. Um, you heard about Apple um, mm -hmm. eventually and how they got, got started. A, a few years ago, I had the unique opportunity to meet Steve Wozniak. Oh, wow. Um, which, it, it was kind of cool. Um, I mean, great guy, very humble guy. Um, we had a conversation. He started talking to me about how he used vacuum tubes to build the first Apple One computer. And and I kept, thinking, I kept thinking, you know, yeah, this is all technical and everything, but here's a guy I'm talking to that really, truly had a passion for technology, has mm -hmm for technology even to this day many many years after he built his first you know obviously the father of personal computing um so i, I kept thinking to myself you know here, here's a guy that he's very passionate about what he's doing mm -hmm. and 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 looking back at you know the, the, he's an inspiration uh he's an inspiration to me because I want to continue a passion like that in, in what I do every day, whether it's technology or the, you know, the, the people powered industry, you know, with staffing, um, you know, that's, I, I love meeting people every day. And, you know, that's, that's something that I want to continue to foster that and, and uh, to grow our team, um, you know, with that same um, passion. I'm still a little mind blown that you kind of got like, at least Kanawha County and parts of West Virginia on the grid. You kind of got them on the internet grid for like, you're the father of Kanawha County. But honest to God, like, because that was us, like right after you did that, that was us that came through to me. That was like very, like that just hit home when you were telling that story. Cause I, neither Cooper and I knew that like you went around West Virginia, definitely in Kanawha County yeah. to set up labs and get internet, you know, the internet connected. And to us, it's like, damn, Bill was in the, the lab two or three years ago before we started playing the computer games. So it was just like, I mean, and, and really all of our first experiences with the computer was probably in school. I mean, we didn't have a computer until, right. you know, when I did mean, we get computers? Mid elementary school. I mean, like, like, I think my mom got her, a la had a, a work laptop when I was like, right. you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. And, and that was like kind of my early introduction to like home internet, but like the school, anytime you went to the school computer lab, that was the best day of the week, you know? Right. So, and you had to learn how to type on those. Uh, they put those orange covers over the uh, yeah, keyboard. Yeah, you had yeah, to learn how to yeah. type on there. Um, yeah. 
That's no, funny. and you set all that up, dude. That's well, cool, man. So, that's like super. That's neat. <laughs> so what's funny, CJ? Your your mom? She taught at Dupont High School. If I if I if I middle remember. school, she's currently teaching yeah. at Dupont Middle School. Yeah, middle school. Yeah. Um, so I I remember setting up the 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 labs at the middle school and the high school. So yeah, because that, yeah, that, that yeah. it was before Riverside came about. Oh yeah, and yeah, definitely. So, yeah, some of the, some of the teachers there. We had a really good friend, Nancy Shoemate. Uh, she was a science teacher. Uh, that that was there so uh, it was yeah just I mean a great ex- I met so many great people in Kanawha County so many yeah. teachers uh, because I interacted with them every day uh, not just in the GW area the Nitro area um, but all throughout the county and that's what I that's what I really you know I, I enjoyed that I enjoyed you know I, teachers I, I mean honestly the, they were afraid of change and that yeah. was that was probably I mean talk about you know, dipping my toe into the change pool. That's what, that's what happened was that I, I fell in and, right. you know, I, you have to, you have to make it, you know, you have to make it fun. You have to make it relaxing because, you know, you, you put somebody that doesn't like change or somebody that's hesitant behind a computer and you don't want them to freak out. You know, it's, it's, right. it's kind of like driving a car, you, you know, you, you don't want to steer it off the road because, you know, uh, computers, I, I, I kept thinking to myself, how can I explain this? And the way, the way I said it was, you can't do anything to this computer that I can't fix. <laughs> sometimes I regretted that. Sometimes I didn't. <laughs> That's funny. That's what my, I joke with my mom is she, at her work. Um, she works for Encova and the IT person jokes with her and she's, she's going to hate that I'm telling the story. She's, they said, if, if anybody hacks our system, Angie, we're not going to, you're going to be the last person that we interview in terms of <laughs> who, oh, who, we, <laughs> who we think it is. Um, it's fun. Speaking of just a funny memory of, of um, childhood technology in, in schools is when they used to like, you knew it was a fun day when they wheel in the tv the giant oh, TV, the tv that was like yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. strapped to a giant like a yeah. like chair thing and it was like, like wheeling in we're like hell yeah, yeah we're watching oh a, yeah we're watching yeah. a movie today yeah. Um, oh yeah vhs <laughs> movie right. yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> well look bill i mean it's been a fun it's been a quick fun hour um you know folks listen to this if, if you need a job if you know someone needs a job or if you're a business leader and you have you know people you want to build out 20 15, 30 uh, people, positions, uh, Mountaineer Employment Solutions can help you do that. Um, Bill and his entire team are more than happy to take an introduction phone call with you and, and see how they can better assist you getting people you know, employed uh, at your place of business. So um, Bill, we appreciate um, all the, from South Carolina, you came up for a week, you went through Beckley, West Virginia, and you, you fell in love with the Mountain State. And uh, that you've probably employed hundreds, if not thousands of people at this point. So you've really made your, your print on the state and we're better off for it so uh we thank you for the partnership thank you for coming on the podcast but more importantly thank you also for partnering with us and believing in our vision because you kind of were in lockstep with what you want to do so we cannot be more appreciative of that thank you guys I, i totally enjoy it and look forward to uh to working with you in the future that's going to do it for this episode thank you again to bill for not only sponsoring the podcast because you believe in what we do but by god it's pretty clear that we believe in what you are doing it's very 100 clear crystal clear that you are helping get people opportunities that they may not have had had they not been in touch with you and visited your website via mountaineer.com or sent you a resume or sent you hey 
I need a job. I need work. Where do I go? How can you help me? And you have certainly changed people's lives. And for us, we're saying thank you for doing that. That's uh, We know that it's not an easy gig that you're in. That's, that's a tough business to be a part of uh, getting people into employment. But we uh, definitely appreciate everything you're doing for local communities and really just the community of West Virginia as well. So thank you again for coming on. We really enjoyed our discussion today. Everybody, thank you again for listening. As always, that's going to do it for this week. We'll see you soon.